Welcome to Blind Tag, the wrestling show for people who don't watch wrestling. I'm your co-host, Rondo Villano. And I'm your co-host, Matt Reddick. Matt, quick, who is your favorite Cena? Um, boy, I think it's going to have to be Joan Cena. Joan Cena? Joan Cena. Is that the daughter of John yeah. Cena? Maybe the sister? You know, they never really explained the sort of family tree in the, in the fiction of this, of this. I don't know if these are... No, because there's a mom Cena and a Don Cena. So those are John's parents. Yeah, I and feel so like Joan must be, be his brother. Joan is the sister. Joan is the sister, yeah. Nickelodeon yes, right. <laughs> Nickelodeon put out a, I guess, a commercial for yeah. the Kids' Choice Awards. We'll call it more of a short film. Okay, yeah. A, uh, a piece. Yes. We'll call it a piece. We'll call it a piece. Uh, they put out a piece about the upcoming Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards mm-hmm. hosted by John Cena, mm-hmm. and the video was starring John Cena in his most Eddie Murphy role. Yes, absolutely. There was John Cena as John Cena. There was John Cena as Don Cena. John Cena as Mom Cena. John Cena as Joan <laughs> Cena. John Cena as... Sean Cena, John Cena as other Sean Cena, and then John Cena as B. Sean Cena, and in the least creative role, John Cena as Grandma Cena. That, yeah. That, Couldn't is think that of a better name. I think that was all of them. Yeah. You got the baby. Oh, yeah. Sean was a baby. They should call her non Cena. Non Cena? Like Nan? Like bread? <laughs> yeah, like Nan. <laughs> so there's this video of John Cena playing his whole family. <laughs> John Cena's uh, Indian uncle by marriage. Yeah, it's not. It's just Ginger Mall, <laughs> inexplicably. What a stupid joke. It's very bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this video, it's pretty good. It's pretty funny, but it's very much Eddie Murphy as the clump. It is, yeah, yeah, 100% that. Which is really funny because much like Eddie Murphy, John Cena is the biggest star mm. from the WWE as Eddie Murphy was the biggest star from SNL. And yeah. now that his uh, career in that is sort of, his star is fading a yeah. little. Well, I mean, who could forget Meet Dave? I have. Who could forget Norbit? There you go. Uh, who could forget all of, I guess the Nighty Professor movies were actually probably like fairly successful. Pluto Nash? Pluto Nash. There, there we you go. go. That's another good one. I forgot that one. Uh I never saw Pluto Nash. All I'm saying is Eddie Murphy was a shining star, a beacon of hope yeah. on Saturday Night Live. And then he left to go do films and he did like three good ones. Uh, no, he was pretty good in the 80s. Coming to America? That's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. That's one of them. Name two more. Uh, okay. <laughs> and after a while, he just kind of he kind of petered off. There you go. And uh, now he makes no movies as far as I'm concerned. I don't and, know the last thing. What is Eddie Murphy up yeah. to these days? I feel like John Cena, though, is on this uh, this collision course. A collision course? Is yeah. He, is he, are we building towards a WrestleMania match with uh, Eddie Murphy? With Eddie Murphy versus John Cena for <laughs> who has the shittier movies. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I think... I think just due to the size of his body of work, I think Eddie Murphy would win at this point. I think due to the size of his body, John Cena would win. Well, I, well in, in, a, in a contest of, of who has the worst movies. I thought we were just doing a straight-up wrestling no, match I at mean, WrestleMania. I don't think that John Cena's done anything like, particularly remarkable. I mean, Ferdinand was pretty good. It's pretty uh, good. Trainwreck was supposed to be pretty good, but I still haven't seen it. Don't know what that is. Uh, that was the Amy Schumer Oh, thing. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He is, uh, his penis, I think, made a starring role in that. Oh, okay. Um, still haven't seen it, though. Also, LeBron James. It wasn't it. So, uh, and then what's the new movie he's coming out? Blockers. Blockers. I think that's it. And then he's got the Transformers movie. The Transformers movie is probably going to be up there in terms of bad movies. Transformers. Uh, We're the Marines. Have to see that probably. Ooh, the, the Marine movies. The that's Marine one through seven. Was I think there, John I think there was some other sort of 
uh, weapon-based movie that he was in. <laughs> 12 rounds or something like that? 13 rounds? I don't know. Uh, I think, yeah. 13 I think ghosts? It's, I think it's... <laughs> Yeah, it was fucking John Cena and Monk and 13 <laughs> Ghosts. Wait, it was Monk in the... Uh, Tony yeah, Shalhoub? Tony Shalhoub was, uh, played a starring starring role as one of the... Was that movie called 13 Ghosts? The scary movie about 13 Ghosts? I don't know, it wasn't scary, but yeah, that one. I mean, was it supposed to be scary? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Why are we talking about two wildly different movies here? Uh, it's a movie about a haunted house, and it's got a bunch of different ghosts in it. And okay. there's like... Like trap rooms and shit. It's supposed to be a horror movie, right? Yeah, I guess. I haven't seen it in a minute. Okay. I feel like the last time I saw it, I was like, "Is this a horror?" Movie? Like, I was confused about what the uh, the target demographic of this film was. But yeah, Tony Shalhoub is in that movie. I remember. And so is John Cena. I remember my parents being like particularly strict about me not seeing that movie because it was like supposed to be like they thought it was very very scary. Maybe there are boobs. Maybe. Boobs. <laughs> Very spooky boobs. Boobs. Oh, dear. The last movie that Eddie Murphy was in was called Mr. Church, and he played Henry Joseph Church. Uh, the last movie that I am familiar with that he was in is uh, Shrek Forever After. Oh, yeah. He was, came he out was the donkey. He was That's the donkey. true. He probably made a shit ton of movies. He probably is the donkey. a shit ton of movies. He was also in a movie called uh, Tower Heist, which now that I'm looking at the movie poster, I've seen that. Bell. I have seen that, yeah. Would you describe it as good? Uh, I saw it in the theater. And... Where would you rank it amongst the Fast and Furious franchise? Uh, Take all eight Fast and Furious movies and figure out where you would put Tower Heist amongst them. Are there eight of those? Quick. I thought there yeah. were seven. Yeah. The last one was Fate of the Furious. Oh, I didn't know that came out, I guess. Yeah, it did. Sure did. During where, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Where John would Cena's I put favorite actor. Where would I put <laughs> Tower Heist in yeah. the, in the, with the I don't even understand this, this metric. Is, this is now my this is I'm going to I'm working. I'm workshopping this. Do you my, mean like in the timeline or like in no, terms in like, of No, uh, in like if you were to rank all 8 Fast and Furious movies. It's sort of like a scale that you would use. And you know how people are like rank something from 1 to 10. I'm telling yeah. you rank rank something from from uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift to Fast and Furious 5, Fast 5. Tokyo Drift being the worst. Yes, Fast 5 being the best of the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I would say that it is just shy of Tokyo Drift. <laughs> just shy of Tokyo Drift. <laughs> From what I remember. I think John Cleese is in it. Okay. Uh, there's a car. Uh, Eddie Murphy's in it. The girl from... Uh, so it's an effective movie, you would say. The girl from on Precious the, is in it. Movie. Really? I think uh, so. Ga- Gabourey Sidibe, I believe, is her name. I Yeah. Good for, good for her. I, I believe you, too. <laughs> <laughs> um... Norbit. How about Norbit? I didn't realize that he was another movie where he played multiple roles. He played uh, Norbit. He's been Ray. in so many. Are you kidding me? Where? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I didn't. I mean, that's been his thing, right? Is he like plays a bunch of different. Most of his filmography has him playing multiple roles. Yeah. It's Same with uh, fucking Adam Sandler and John Cena. What was the movie where and Adam Mankind. Sandler played a bunch? Of... <laughs> yeah. What was the movie where Adam Sandler played a bunch of different people? Uh, he played multiple people in Jack and Jill. He <laughs> voiced <God>. several <laughs> characters in Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, I feel like he might have played more than one character in Little Nicky. I can't mm, remember. That does ring a bell. I honestly can't remember. I feel like there's one more where he played. I had uh, that movie on DVD when I was a kid. I really liked the movie Little Nicky. Wow. Let's focus on that for a little bit. <laughs> I think there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, what are you, what are you thinking, Matt? What uh, were you thinking? I don't... I, I, I really can't What say. about it did you enjoy? I just thought it was... How old were you? Uh, definitely, like, like pre-16. Were there problems at home? 
I mean, yeah. So <laughs> that's a, that's a story for another podcast. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that on our other our, our little Nikki podcast. We'll talk about your home life. Um, we're gonna talk about little Nikki on our wrestling podcast, but we're gonna talk about my my family issues on our little Nikki podcast. Yeah, uh, I gotta say my favorite Cena is Don Cena, the dad. Mm, Don Be- Cena was very good because he likes Dwayne the Rock Johnson more than he likes John yeah. Cena. Apparently, I was wondering if this was gonna sort of kick off the next phase of the of the long running uh, John Cena Rock the Rock feud. Uh, they wrestled at WrestleMania twenty eight, and it was billed as once in a lifetime, and it was like this like huge showdown sure. of like two of the biggest you know, like wrestlers of all time, biggest WWE stars of all time. And then they immediately followed it up by doing it the exact, the, the exact feud the next year. So it was not once in a cool. lifetime. It was two years back and back. Yeah. I was going to say, how quickly did they, did they, did they just do another fucking match on Monday night raw immediately after yeah. WrestleMania? <laughs> I wasn't watching during that feud, but I, but I think that they were actually pretty good about mostly because like, uh, the rock was pretty part-time at that time, I think. Uh, so they were pretty good about like not having a bunch of matches on the air sure. like leading up to it. Um, but yeah, I wonder if maybe they're going to build towards thrice in a lifetime, which would be, uh, I, I don't know, maybe next WrestleMania they'll have The Rock versus John Cena. John Cena doesn't really have a match. Oh, out for it'll probably be this year. It'll think, be it, The Rock's going to come out and go, hey, Cena, I see you've been trying to break into the movie biz. You're kind of mm-hmm. following my thing, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, mm-hmm. and then let's have a fight about it. Yeah. He's going to come... Oh, no, actually, what's going to happen is The Rock's dad, who might might have passed away. (laughs) The Rock... I guess this wasn't John Cena's real dad. It wasn't his real dad. The Rock's fake dad is going to wear a t-shirt that says, I heart John Cena on it. Brock. And then... then, Brock Johnson? (laughs) Brock Johnson. Dwayne the Brock Johnson? (laughs) What would The Rock's family members be? Would they be variations on Dwayne, or would they they be variations on Rock? They, They could be Brock... Glock, <laughs> Glock Johnson is Glock. <laughs> my my favorite noir detective. <laughs> Cock Glock Johnson. Johnson. I just, I mean, it's it's, it's Cock it's Johnson. Right thank yeah. you, yeah, thank you for taking it. Um, I do want to say one more thing TikTok about Cock Johnson. His his Glock uh, Johnson. His, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> uh, his his uh, there. So his it's Clock Johnson. His nickname is TikTok, and he's uh, a, a, a a strange uncle that he has. That's a that's a clock. You know, he's a clock. He's just a clock. He's just a clock. He's he's a a grandfather clock. clock. No, he's actually the grandfather (laughs) is. Oh, boy. Grandpa TikTok the clock, Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Last thing I want to say about John Cena is that he uh, might actually be the most wholesome man on the planet. Oh, my gosh, yeah. There was a a very sweet moment where after uh, winning a match against The Miz this week, he jumped over the barricade didn't do a good job of it nope nope and didn't do a good job of jumping back over he kind of fell over yep. uh not aging well John no. uh but he went over to shake the hand and whisper something into the ear of a, a make-a-wish kid and yeah. like talk to his mom for a minute and it was just very uh just sort of Touching, happened wholesome yeah. yeah and the kid was wearing john cena stuff and yeah i it, it I, honestly it made me wonder like with john cena being like such a just a force for good mm-hmm. How many, like, could you fill a stadium with Make-A-Wish kids who are just like, I just want to see John Cena, like, do a match. Like, there are probably so many kids who, like, look up to this guy. And I really hope he's one of those dudes who just kind of stays in the spotlight as a good guy because yeah. I don't want to dislike John oh, Cena. Oh, yeah, to find out that he's got some some horrible past. I'm sure he does. But who doesn't? I mean, we've all. I got... mean, you own Little Nicky on well, DVD. You know, it's and it's, I still have it. For some reason, the one thing I've been able to hold on to is like my my weird 
collection of DVDs that I've had um, for a long time. I don't think that he, I mean, I'm trying, uh, John Cena, like, holds some kind of record for doing the most Make-A-Wishes. He's done, like, 500 in, in his lifetime or something like that. It's unbelievable. Um, but I don't, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of if, I mean, that's, 500 is not enough to fill a stadium by any means, but. No, but it's a lot. <laughs> out there. That is a lot. It's a lot of people. There's probably a lot of kids out there that would sit. Maybe he could, like, do, a, like, a, a gymnasium match or something like that. I'm just, it was one of those things where, Let's make like, it happen. I, if I was crazy famous, like, yeah. that's why I would want to be it. Like, if I, yeah. if I was somebody that anybody in the world looked up to, mm-hmm. if I was somebody that anybody in the world respected, <laughs> this is, like, the reason why, is yeah. just so I could do cool shit like this and yeah. just say, like, hey, I'm just, like, a regular guy, but for whatever reason, you think I'm just, like, the top shit. Yeah. And right. you, like, it's in your life, like, just in your blood that you need to meet me. Like, I would fucking love to do that. Yeah. Just yeah, make, just want make some kids do. I want people to adore me. I really <laughs> just need the attention, is what I'm saying. I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching The Good Place lately. I don't know if you've. I've heard, I'm aware of it's it. It's very good. I have to. I have to recommend it. Um, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk about like morality and ethics, and one of the big conversation points is like is like whether or not you're doing things for good or doing things for yourself to like doing good things to feel good. All right, Hein Rand. And like let's 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 get it going. <laughs> what do you mean? This is an Iran point. Okay. Ayn Rand was just like capitalism. It's cool, right? No, no, no. She was all about um she was all about objectivism, which is like nobody does anything for selfless reasons. You do mm-hmm. you do a good thing for somebody because it makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard this. This I didn't. I've never associated this with Ayn Rand, but this is something. No, that's that her I would, whole that shtick. I would talk about with with people in my highfalutin college days. Yeah, back when you were watching Little Nicky sitting in the college dorm. Nikki. <laughs> yeah, let's get away from uh, talking about the objectivism of Little Nicky. Yeah, right. Let's get away from this uh, this mortal quandary and instead talk about wrestling. Do we the, do we the, want do we selflessly want Hitler to have a pineapple shoved up his ass in hell? <laughs> <laughs> because because that's how we be, do we but do we actually want it because it brings us pleasure in the comedy or because we want it, it as a redemptive causes... action for the people who suffered at his hands? Wow, that's deep, man. That's a little Nicky for you. That's deep. That's a little Nicky for you. <laughs> I think that was really the the crux of what Adam Sandler was trying to say. It was really an argument about objectivism. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that I was, really that like was wrong. the idea of trying to pin like stupid culture onto like very like complex ideas like i have this working idea of how like like uh, wwe is sort of like an extension of like american exceptionalism and sure the idea is that like i that that like capitalism and and the american idea of democracy is like far superior to any other and that's why you see a lot of like sort of like russian communist villains over the years but also like there for a long time there was this thing going on in uh in WWE where it was like, it was always be like John Cena is getting like attacked by the shield or something like that. Or John Cena is getting attacked by some, like the Wyatt family or something like that. It was always these like okay. groups of people. And then somehow like John Cena would lift himself up by the bootstraps and be able to conquer this foe. And it was almost like a sort of like way of saying like individualism. If you just believe in yourself, if you just work harder than everybody else, you can team up even when the odds are stacked against you. But is it the individual or is it America? Like literally six months ago when Rusev as a Bulgarian, and had a flag match yeah, against yeah. John Cena as an American. I mean, I think it's both. I think it's trying to make an argument about Americans. Americans are superior, and they are particularly like 
it's a certain view of America. Like I think that there is a, there is there is a view of America that is like we are made better by the sort of uh, collection of people that are in this country and the in the collection of like experiences and and backgrounds that come together in this country in like a, in a particularly unique way. But I think that there are other people that say like America is the best because it's a place where you can pick yourself up by the bootstraps. And if you work hard enough as an individual, you will be successful. And I mean, also like a sort of capitalist idea of that if you take advantage of other people uh, and, 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 you know, do the best for yourself and, and not really care about who gets in your way, you you're also Mr. successful. Uh... Mr. Philosophy Poli Sci One Hundred and One over here, right? Yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Poli Sci, huh? BA in Arts and Humanities over yeah, here. You know, yeah. How's that degree treating you? Yeah, uh, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> better than I thought I would do. So, uh, anyway, that's that. I just think it's. I actually think that kind of stuff is very interesting, and I would very much like to apply objectivism to Little Nicky at some point in the future. Do you know what was brought to my attention recently? What's that? Uh, on an episode of Raw, I believe, they had John Cena announce the death of Osama bin Laden. Oh, my gosh. I was not aware of this. Apparently, that oh is a thing gosh. that happened. I have to find a clip of this. I walk out here every night with hustle, loyalty, respect on my sleeve. That is a credo I have adopted from the men and women who defend the freedom of this country. That was fucking incredible. Okay, so we just took a minute to watch the video. Wow. Wow. Do you want to give a rundown of what happened uh, to the video? So it's 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 at Extreme Rules 2011, uh, taking us back a peg. Um, and it, it appears that the match is over because John Cena is carrying a WWE championship, <laughs> and he gets up on a table with a microphone in his hand, and he says that... We have caught and compromised to a permanent end Osama bin Laden. And he says it with that fuck? level of, like, intensity. I... And then the crowd chants, USA, USA. There's yeah. a guy in the crowd who, like, looks at his son like, holy shit, we did it. And uh, the crowd chants, USA, and everybody's cheering for John Cena as though he did anything at all. This is this is a very... I never in a million years expected that this would be our... We're recording on Valentine's Day, and who knew that this would be the conversation <laughs> for the day? Uh, do, <laughs> do you remember where you were when you found out that Osama bin Laden was killed? I don't know why this what is, is such the, a big what deal. What was the date? No, I don't. I mean, remember it was 2011. That's all. I, well, it was. Uh, it appears that it would, be, it would be May 3rd, 2011, according to the date of this pay per view. I was. I had just graduated college. I was probably right. sitting in my apartment trying to decide whether or not I should go to grad school. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Where were you? I remember I was. I was in college, uh, and I remember like I was on campus, and I like. I, th I think I was working for the newspaper at the time and like I heard the news and then like I like could hear like there were people like outside celebrating so I went outside to That's fucking wild. I know. I I went outside like with my camera to like try and make photos of it for the paper. I didn't really I don't remember getting anything interesting from it but like yeah, it was. Were like any couches burning or anything no, like that? No, it was not not this time. Yeah, okay. Very strange given the college I went to but um yeah, I I it's very strange that this is like such a I don't know why this was such like a celebrated thing. I mean, he's you not know a, why. I mean, he's not a good person or anything, but like, why he did this America's why, enemy at the time? Why did WWE choose 10 years before to, to like celebrate like in the middle of a pay-per-view to be like, because, hey, we got to make this announcement because the WWE likes when people cheer at their shows. Well, yeah, that's true. 
I like I get that this is like big like breaking news, and I guess to like I imagine that like most like regular news stations would like cut away to the news of this or something like that, but like it's but, like but when it's you're pay per view. It's like when you're at a, a a high school choir concert, and then at the intermission or between songs, the conductor comes out and is like, uh, "The Red Wings are up by three to two. <laughs> In the second period, Red Wings are up." I know there's a lot of kids, people here that would not like to be watching their kids and would rather be home watching hockey. Yeah, for real. You feel a sense of moral obligation is. to be here, so uh, here's the score of the Red Wings game. And then some guy with a DVR is like, God, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> the one guy with a DVR. Yeah. Because this was before like people had smartphones and everything. Yeah, right, when they were all just watching it on their on their phone from their seat and not watching their daughter sing. Yes, exactly. Um, well, how do we get out of this quandary? <laughs> well, I mean... John Cena wasn't the only thing that happened on Raw this week, though. There was uh, a lot going on, a lot of good stuff. True. Um, which he which was ha- he was going on on Raw. Though. Which of the big bearded boys do you want to talk about first, Bray or Braun? Mm, Bray or Braun? Um, the Brays or the Brawns? Boy, you can't boy. have both. I do want to talk about both so much. I get I. I mean, I guess let's just go chronologically, and let's say I, you probably don't know. The I chrono- don't know the chronology the... of this at all. Braun was the first bearded boy on Raw this okay. week. Okay, and what happened? What happens? Um, so Braun apparently is having a feud with Elias. Is is basically what we learned, which I'm today. okay with. I'm very okay with. I'm very I'm very into it. A lot of the speculation is that Elias is going to feud with uh, John Cena going into WrestleMania. And, yeah, but that's not exactly. I mean, it's kind of been happening. It is. It's just like there's not really like a there's not really like a midpoint. I guess they could have like a a raw feud or something like that. But they're not like the pay-per-view that's coming up is Elimination Chamber. And we're not building towards like just John Cena versus Elias. We're building towards like all these folks in the Elimination Chamber. Wait, are Elias and Braun in the Elimination Chamber? Yes, they're both. Oh, God. Okay, so what's going to happen? Because John this week said, I don't have a road to WrestleMania except the Elimination Chamber. They really missed an opportunity by not putting Braun Cena in. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. Maybe that'll be in the next in the sequel. Oh my god. Anyway, so <laughs> John said the only he, the only road he has to WrestleMania is through the uh whatever it's called, the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, right. Um I don't think that's going to happen. What's going to end up happening is either Elias or Braun's going to win and then somehow at WrestleMania or the main event's going to be a fatal four-way between Brock, John, Braun and Elias. That's where I'm going with it. Wow. That is a bold. That's a big show. That's a bold. That's prediction. a big ass show too. You know who's, who's missing from that picture mm. is uh, Roman Reigns. Oh yeah, that's the guy you think is going to be there. That's huh? what I do. But I'm st- I'm actually starting to have a change a change a change of heart on this. I'm not I'm not sure. Okay, so there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Elias here. is the new Roman. Uh, what do you? How is no, Elias? Not the really. New, okay, okay. Not at all. You're derailing me here. He's a guy with a beard and long <laughs> hair and muscles. <laughs> There's a lot. There is a lot of bearded, muscly boys. Beards are very in WWE right now. They are. Really Do you think John Cena can too. grow a beard? I don't think so. This poor guy. I think he. I think he like removed those follicles from his life because he was like, "This won't work with my image." That's true. Yeah. For the rest of my life, so he's just like, "I'm just gonna get rid of these." Don Cena had that mustache. Don Cena did have that mustache. It looked very real. <laughs> it did. Uh, the Sean Goth Sean Cena had mm-hmm. a little soul patch. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was good, too. Anyway, anyway. Tell, tell me about it. Um, so the show opened up with John Cena cutting a promo talking about how, you know, 
getting to WrestleMania is the most important thing to world in the world to him. You know, he's been at every WrestleMania for the last 15 years. And he said like, you know, like looked real intensely into the crowd and was like, but I don't know if I'm going to make it this year. Cause I've got this tough road ahead of me. And my only way to get in is through the elimination chamber, all this kind of yada, yada, rah, rah stuff. And like, it just, it, it's, it kind of smacks the bullshit because like John Cena is definitely not going to be like at, He's going to be at WrestleMania. He's, he's not going to miss WrestleMania. But it's also like, I mean, it's also, f- he's, he's probably not going to be in the, in the, he already has tickets. He's not going to be in like the main event, I don't think. But like, that's not a big deal. He hasn't been in the main event for like the last few years. Like th- this last year, he wrestled the Miz and Maurice with Nikki Bella, like, and then proposed to her. After oh, match. yeah. I saw that. So like, I don't think it's that big of a deal if he like doesn't have a big part of it or anything like that. But basically like, that's what like John Cena has been talking about in all of his little promos lately. It's like, everybody's on the road to WrestleMania. Everybody's trying to figure out how they're going to get there. Cause that's like what everybody's sort of goal is with their career is to, is to be a part of WrestleMania and to be a big part of WrestleMania, which is very good. Uh, it, I think is very true for a lot of people, uh, like, you know, outside of their characters also in their real life. And is also just like very good motivation for people. Um, so that's, that's kind of like John Cena's like, I guess, kind of feuding. I don't think he's really feuding with The Miz. Him and The Miz had a match. Miz came out and interrupted him during this little promo, and then they had a match to determine who was going to come out first. What if they just do John versus The Miz again at WrestleMania? I would be all for that right now. I, I like. I think... I thought that this match was great. Like, I feel like Cena versus The Miz is always, like, a pretty solid match. It's a WWE-style match. It's, like, nothing like, you know, it's it's not, like, an Omega, you know, match or anything like that. But, like, it for... Kenny like, Omega? Yeah. For, like, the, the style that it is, like, it's a very, very solid match. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I would watch that again. But, oh, man. I... This, this, <laughs> My biggest takeaway getting worked from, up. I am. My biggest takeaway from Raw this week is that I just have like I, I have all these ideas of like where they could go for WrestleMania and I have no idea where they could go or where they're gonna go. We ended up watching Raw together for a little bit this week. We watched like the first half of it and I was trying to explain to you that I thought like it was gonna be the Miz versus Finn Balor at WrestleMania, maybe for the IC title. Sure. And then like I started thinking like like Seth Rollins doesn't really have a place, so maybe they're gonna try and do Seth Rollins versus the Miz or versus uh, Finn Balor, maybe they're just going to do them, the three of them, in like a triple threat for the IC title. And then, like later on in Raw, uh, Seth Rollins ends up getting himself involved in the Elimination Chamber match and like setting up the, sowing the seeds for a feud with Finn Balor. And what's the stipulation of this Elimination Chamber match that he set up? So, became a fatal five way. So, yeah, so on Raw, there was a fatal five way to determine the last participant in the Elimination Chamber. Um, they, so the, the person who gets to go in last, so they have the best chance. No, of no, no, it's, 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 there was five people that were already in the chamber and they were determining who was going to be the sixth person. So originally it was supposed to be Finn Balor, Apollo right. Cruz, Bray Wyatt, and Matt Hardy, who had all lost qualifying matches to get into the chamber. So it was basically a second chance for all of them to earn that sixth spot. In, oh, in the so chamber. not the order of Yeah, this had nothing to do with oh, order, I'm but everything sorry. to do about just whether or not you're in. Uh, the... They are making a big deal out of the order this year, and we know that Elias is entering last, and we know that The Miz is entering first, but that's all we know. Um, but then Seth Rollins came out, cut this promo with uh, with Kurt Angle, and talked about how like he deserves a place in this. He's tired of like you know getting the runaround from from Kurt Angle. Uh, he is tired of like getting like you know he doesn't want a new tag team partner now that Jason Jordan can't be around. He wants to get back to the main event scene. And so he asked to be put into this fatal four-way match, make it a fatal five-way match, and he uh, Kurt grants his wish. So there's you know got it. 
becomes a fatal five way. It's a very, very, very solid match, actually. Uh, and the finish ends up being that Finn Balor and Seth Rollins pin Bray Wyatt simultaneously, uh, which was, which was That's pretty right. satisfying. Yeah. Uh, Bray, like, wrestled. <laughs> Bray was, like, very, very good in this match. This Bray's is a the, good wrestler. He was one of the best, like, wrestled matches I've seen for him in a very long time. But still, he manages to lose one match twice. He managed to lose twice at the same time in the same it's match. unbelievable. He got pinned by two people at once. It's crazy. And so, the funniest part is neither of them realized the other guy pinned him. Yeah, which is insane because they were just <laughs> each grabbing one of his thighs and pinning him. Like, you would think that they would be able to figure it out. They've done things like this before yeah. where it's like a triple threat match and it's like... I think they did one with like with actually with AJ Styles and uh, John Cena and someone else, and it was like AJ Styles is doing the calf crusher on one end of the guy, and John Cena is doing the the STF on the other side of him. So it's like one of them is grabbing the guy's head, one of them is grabbing the guy's leg, and then the guy ends up tapping. Oh and then god! It's like genuinely, like okay, they could have like not necessarily been aware of who was doing like. Like, I might not be aware that, like, you, someone's grabbing the other half of this man if I'm, right. like, staring down their legs or whatever. Uh, but this, like, in this pin, they both did the exact same thing. They just each took a thigh and, like, pushed and, like, rolled him up. It was very, very strange. It's a lot of saucy talk here on Valentine's Day. A lot of Day. saucy talk. I'm feeling saucy this Valentine's Day. Um, anyway, it, it, they both, like, the ref counted the pin, and they both, like, got their arms raised. It was super weird and very confusing. They both started celebrating. And then after the match, they, uh, I, so I saw this finish and I was like, okay, they're going to have some kind of like blow off match next week. And that's going to maybe start like a Finn Balor or Seth Rollins feud or something like sure. that. Um, but then they ended up, uh, on Facebook announcing afterwards that Kurt Angle just decided it was going to be a seven person elimination chamber match. I didn't is, see that. Yeah. They just is, like did it through a Facebook post or what? It was just a, in a Facebook video. Yeah. And oh, it was like, right. uh, like after they went off air kind of thing, uh, they just had that thing pop up in their facebook feed um yeah it's a weird choice i i don't i think i don't think i've ever seen an elimination chamber match with seven people and like you'll you, i don't i don't think you've seen the actual elimination no chamber i don't yet. know how this works it's a very complicated structure and so for them to figure out how to add a f like they're either gonna have three people start the match or they're gonna have to add a fifth pod somehow which like doesn't make any sense so i'm very excited to see just from like a logistical perspective don't the pods just open over time and release a new guy into the match yeah but like but there's one in like each corner. And yeah, but what's the point of the pot? It's it's the same as WrestleMania. Like they just introduce a guy at a different, or not WrestleMania. Excuse me, the Royal Rumble. It's a, it's a pod. It's cool. It's got like a like a sort of special effect to it. Okay. I mean, they're in a cage too. That's the other thing. So like you can't like, it's a little bit like if you would just like at the Royal Rumble had somebody come out every two minutes. Like they would have to like open up the cage and like let them inside, and it would be this whole thing. Sure. But with the pods being in it. It, like, I don't know, adds a certain level of suspense. There's also, like, usually some, like, wacky spots where, like, someone will climb on top of a pod and, like, do a flip off of it. Or, like, someone will, like, crush someone, like, through a pod. The pods just have, like, these weird, like, thin plexiglass walls. And okay. so, like, someone will get, like, speared through a pod or something like that. Oh, boy. That's a cool thing. Yeah, um, with Roman there, somebody's going to get speared. With Braun there, everything is going to oh. get destroyed. He's just going to yeah. flip the whole chamber over. That'd be great. That'd be delightful. It's going to flip the whole earth on its axis. Anyway, uh, so now I'm kind of wondering, like, I, I still think that Seth and Finn could feud, but, like, with how hard they've been pushing Braun and, like, they're kind of trying to make Elias a big deal, like, I'm starting to wonder if maybe Roman actually isn't going to be the person to win this match, and maybe they're going to pull a fast one on us. Maybe they're going to continue Braun's momentum, and they're going to have Braun win this cha the chamber match. He's going to go on to face Brock at WrestleMania, and maybe we're going to get the Balor Club versus The Shield at WrestleMania. 
or maybe Elias, Braun, and Roman are going to team up mm. and start a band. <laughs> <laughs> we got big old Braun on bass. We got we got uh, Elias on guitar. And what's Roman doing? Vocals? He's got to be that pretty boy front man, right? I feel like he's a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> Elias is the pretty boy front man. Come on now. It's true. He's 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 pretty darn talented, but like no one really likes to hang out with him or anything like that. It's yeah. Just like, Have you heard of Billy keep... Corgan? <laughs> no, I was talking about Roman. I feel oh, like, I'm sorry. Like he's he's like I feel like the epitome of like a stereotypical drummer. Like he's he's good at what he does, and you need someone, but like they're pretty annoying, and you don't shout really out to want the him. drummers. Shout out to the drummers out there. Uh, for what the are you doing? Beat for us. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, if I was in actually in a band, I'd probably have more drummer jokes I can make. I feel like there's there's a lot of good drummer jokes out there, but uh, I don't got uh, it. Hi hat is a funny thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's like a like a drug uh, or like a sex thing. Mm, yeah, a hi hat, um, uh, snare. Is there <laughs> anything there? <laughs> There's no snare in my headphones. There's no snare in my headphones. There you go. That's it's a good because joke. it's on in my on my drum kit. That's a good. That's a good joke. But something about skins. Something about uh, slap me some sk- slap skin skins. Skin. Beating skins. Ooh, yeah, yucky. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. that's that's kind of the the drum humor. They could start a band. Anyway, what I was trying to get at. You better put on a hi hat before you start slapping the skins. There you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's my drummer joke. There you go. That's very good. Anyway, as I was saying before you so uh, so clearly distracted me, what happened was Elias came out and sang a song about how he was going to win the chamber match, and he like had some shit to say about John Cena and about all the other participants, and he ended by like trying to talk some smack to Braun Strowman. Yep. And then... How'd that go? How'd it, that work out? It didn't work out super great, because then uh, JoJo gets on the mic and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman steps out into a spotlight on the top of the ramp, and uh, he's, he steps in front of a mic as if he's going to per- perform. And then he steps out of the spotlight for a minute, and he goes and gets his instrument, which is an upright bass. That a he's, very large upright that bass. That he's deciding to play as a guitar, which was truly incredible. He starts to do this, and it, like, I think... The audio wasn't pick like it wasn't as loud as it should have been, so he just started like playing it harder and harder to try and make it louder, and he ends <laughs> up just breaking the bridge of the of the bass. Do you not think that was part of the bit? I don't think it was part of the okay. bit at all. And then he just like he just kind of like shrugs and like keeps like <laughs> slapping the bass. It was super funny. Yeah. Bunch of other stuff happens. He ends up having like a kind of. No, I guess they didn't have a match. He just comes out and beats up Elias. And then to to highlight all of this, Elias uh, is crawling away up the up the ramp, and oh, and Braun smashes an upright base over Elias's rough. back. It was incredible. I do need to give props to Elias because his comedic timing and his reaction when Braun comes back with the upright base. Yeah, it's 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 a very small reaction, but it's just perfect. He just sort of like looks taken aback, like yeah. a little a little scared, a little shocked, but it's not it's not overly dramatic. Yeah, it's yeah. just the uh, the perfect amount of. Uh, of, of comedic shock. Elias has been really, really good. I, I love Elias a I've, lot. I've been a big fan of him lately as well. He's, yeah, like, I, he's, I'm surprised with how much WWE is, uh, pardon the pun, giving him the spotlight, but, like, he, I mean, he's earned it, too. Like, in every single moment that he's been, like, he's been a pretty, 
like capable worker in the ring. Like he's got this pretty specific bit that he does, but like every time is like pretty fresh and he's really, really good at actually like playing with the crowd, which I think is like one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do. I think that's another thing that Braun's done really well lately too, is like he's been really good about like, you know, knowing what his character is and working with the crowd in a good way. Um, and not getting like overwhelmed when the crowd is like shouting at him and stuff like that. Like both of those guys are really good at like playing with that and like, and, and making it work. Um, yeah, I'm like, I hope that Elias ends up in like a, you know, I think he's going to, I think depending on how well he does in the, in the chamber and like how much of a, of a spotlight he gets there and like how well he performs, I think like he could like really make himself into like a, a pretty big, have, having a pretty big role at WrestleMania. Maybe he'll end up like challenging the Miz for the IC title or something. Best like of luck to you. Best of luck to Elias. You're continuing to do fantastic. Well, how about we uh, move on to some SmackDown? Talk Let, about the main event over there. Let's definitely talk about SmackDown a little bit. This episode was very Dolph Ziggler heavy. It was very Dolph Ziggler heavy. Like I to quote me before the show. Yeah, to quote you before we show. This showed, episode of SmackDown was very Dolph heavy. It was. I I I I don't imagine that this that this came across in like just the YouTube videos even as much, but like. Like, they opened the show with, like, talking, like, he opened the show, he came out and cut a promo, but, like, co- like everybody, uh, the ringside combinators were, like, really putting him over and, like, talking about how big of a deal that it was, that, like, you know, he's this incredible wrestler. They did say something very interesting, that this is the longest voluntary break that he's taken from WWE. He's been, like, forced out by injury, but, like, he only missed, like, seven weeks, but that's the longest wow. he's been off TV in his entire career, aside from, from injury, wow. which is insane, like... He really is a workhorse for this company. I will say this. There were only eight videos uploaded to the WWE's SmackDown playlist ah. on YouTube, and at least four of them involved Dolph. Okay. And so that's why I was like, wow, there was a lot. There's a lot of... Like, lot obviously, of they, there was a lot of shit they didn't bother putting up here, but there was a lot of Dolph. Yeah. So the big sort of... Um, the big, the, the I guess the plot, as it were, through the episode was that um, Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin were supposed to have a one-on-one match, and the winner was going to get added to the triple threat match at Fastlane, so that it would be uh, Sami Zayn and versus Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles versus Dolph or Baron Corbin, depending on the winner. What ended up happening was Dolph came out to start the show, and then um, Baron's music hit, and and like no one came out. And <laughs> yeah, and then it cut to backstage, and it was Kevin and Sammy were beating him up backstage, and basically make it so he couldn't compete in the match. Um, blah blah blah. What ends up happening is Shane decides that it's going to instead be um, Dolph Ziggler versus Sammy Zayn and Baron Corbin versus Kevin Owens, and if either uh, Baron Corbin or Dolph Ziggler win, they would get entered into the match at uh, Fastlane, making it into either a Fatal Four Way or a Fatal Five Way. And how'd that is, go? It's so frustrating because it's, like, not only, like, stupidly complicated, stupidly complicated. It's a lot of boys in that match. A battle. lot of boys in that match. I don't know why they keep needing to add all these boys to these matches. Um, but it's also just, like, it's, like, it's, what's the, like, what's the point? Like, they're, they're completely diluting any semblance of a storyline that they had here. Both Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin won their matches. So now at Fastlane, we have a fatal five-way with Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. Is this just a title match? Is it a special kind of match? I mean, is it a fast lane it match? Fail, it, yeah, I mean, it's a fast lane. Is it a roadblock match? It's it's not it's not, <laughs> not a roadblock match. Just a fast lane match. Okay. Um, roadblock won't be there. Unfortunately. He's busy that day. Yeehaw. Let's go. Um, <laughs> that was a nice little riff on Sami Zayn's music. Anyway, like <laughs> there is a plot line sort of between AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. There's certainly a plot line between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. 
but now they're just adding all these extra guys for no reason. It it doesn't make any sense at all. It's I'm really really frustrated with SmackDown right now, and from what I've seen on the internet, I'm I'm not I'm not alone. But like, they are just completely ignoring like the storytelling that they've done and completely ignoring the storytelling devices that they've done, which granted a lot of it has not been great. We've talked at length about like the whole Shane, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, the will they won't they exactly. It's all been like very, very confusing and very convoluted and like not executed well at all. And now they're just like adding more, like it seems to me that their strategy is like, this isn't working, so let's just like throw more shit at it and like hopefully Bring in the boys. Exactly. Let's like bring in more boys. And hopefully like that'll like make it make sense or something like that. But it like the other thing that's really frustrating is that they introduced this whole top ten list thing, right? And like this was supposed to be their like plot device to determine who they're gonna give opportunities to and all that kind of stuff. But you know who's not even on the top ten list? Who's Dolph that? Ziggler or Baron Corbin. Everybody forgot about Dolph. He was gone for seven weeks. I mean, that's fine, but Baron Corbin's been here. He was at Royal Rumble, and he beat up a bunch of boys. Why isn't he on the list? Because he's, I don't know. But if you're going to say, hairline? if you're going to say that this is how you're going to determine who gets into matches and who gets title shots, shouldn't guys like Randy Orton be entered into this feud because he does not have a championship and he is on the list? Shouldn't guys like Ty Dillinger be put on this because they are on the list and they don't have like they aren't competing for a championship oh, where is ty dillinger he's number 10 got list. some kind of feud going on with uh, rob i understand Robbie rude but if the fiction is that that shane mcmahon and daniel bryan are going to determine who gets opportunities based on this list that is voted on by the locker room why are they not sticking to it why did they introduce that in the first place it's serving no narrative purpose at this point it's been a week give them time they'll figure it out i don't have time for this ron i want it's my all plots dumb. to follow through immediately it's all dumb and none of it matters the interesting thing just that like I, life <laughs> just like life the scuttlebutt wrestling I, just like life <laughs> That should be the the just the the under title for all WWE programming or something. Just like, like life. Just like life. Um the the thing that I'm sort of hearing the scuttlebutt is that they're they're doing a lot to sort of appease Dolph Ziggler. And that is why they're doing a lot of the things that they're doing. Like he walked away and apparently like that, that was like somewhat of a of a real thing. Like I think his contract expired and he was like, I'm done. I don't want to come back. And they basically were like talking to him, talking to him, talking to him, trying to figure out like how to get him back into the programming and how to get him back on get Here's back. all the money. Well yeah, and apparently like the big thing that they did like is they 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 gave him some kind of contract that like pays him pretty well and also gives him like a very like limited schedule and um you know opportunities to like do other stuff apparently one of the stipulations this is this is all rumor and conjecture so i don't know how much of this is true but apparently one of the stipulations is that like he doesn't have to like hang out at the shows at all like he what? gets he he like gets to like know what his segments are and like everybody else has to like stay for the whole show yeah but he is like once his segment is done he gets to go home like he doesn't so have he's to, got like, the uh, he's got the cena contract yeah or like the bra the bra do whatever Lesnar you want contract kind of thing wow. like, limited appearances and do whatever you want but I the mean, other thing i guess good for him yeah i mean great for him like make your money man by all means um 
but like the other thing is I, I is I I wonder if there's something about like he needs to be involved in sort of like the main event feuds and that's why they're kind of like shotgunning gunning him into this whole thing. He said in one of his promos this week that like, you know, it's a it's a classic sort of like Dolph Ziggler thing of like I'm the best. I don't want to like be, you know, kept in these lower positions anymore. Like I want to be a part of the main event. And he said like I want a main event WrestleMania, which really really has me nervous because I don't want them I so badly don't want them to to mess up Shinsuke versus AJ. Like, just let that be that sure, match. Sure, yeah. And let it be a one-on-one match. And, like, with the way that this Fastlane build has gone, and, like, we're still, like, all things considered pretty far away from Fastlane. We're, I mean, like, three weeks away. They're, you know, in, in a WWE calendar, that's a lot of time to, like, make up some stuff. They're, they're already doing so much to just, like, pile shit onto this match i feel like by the time we get to fast lane this is going to be like at least an eight-man match if not like a 30-person battle royal or something crazy right. like that like they they, they gotta leave the belt on aj so they don't ruin it for but shinsuke at, at wrestlemania is, is it like no absolutely i, I agree with you someone on the internet is like like yeah I, I i'm mad that they're doing this but like the more the complicated they make someone this, on the, the internet was mad i yeah, know right uh the, i was mad that they were doing it. i was the person that was mad <laughs> <laughs> um I was saying, like, I was talking with this person, and I was like, you know, the more that they do this, like, like, the more it means that, you know, AJ's just going to end up keeping the belt, which is good, but the fact that they're, like, diluting this thing so much makes me just think that they're going to do the same thing again at WrestleMania, and, and like, it's going to be Shinsuke versus AJ, but then they're going to be like, well, Dolph's in there, and, like, well, Baron's in there, and yeah. Sammy and Kevin's are in there, and, like, you know, it just, like, turns into this whole thing. Like, I mean... Frankly, the same thing happened last year at WrestleMania. It's like we had this pretty good feud going with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, and then just like all of a sudden they decided to add like the weird special effects stuff and make it like a really short match. And like what could have been a great feud ended up being like like a, a great finish to a feud ended up being like a very silly sort of match that ended in like didn't end the feud and ended up going on to create the stupid House of Horrors match like a month later. And like <laughs> if they do that, something like that with AJ and Shinsuke, my entrance that into the just, WWE universe. Yeah, look how far we've come. I do want to take just a moment to recognize and acknowledge how good Dolph Ziggler is at wrestling, though. And I was reminded this week. So let's just take a moment to appreciate. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good at wrestling. He's extremely good at wrestling. He's been one of my my favorites for a long time. Um, he's uh, he's great. He's like he's one of the best things he does is he's like one of the best guys at selling. Like he can make anybody's move look like it's the most amazing thing in the sure, world. Sure, yeah. Is like is a real talent. He's also, but I mean, like all like. I feel like he can do just about anything in the ring. Like, he's never been, like, a super high flyer, but, like, I feel like he can do that stuff. He's, you know, he does submissions. He's a good technical wrestler. He's a good striker. Like, this he does week, everything. This week I was impressed by his awareness. There was yeah. a... When... Uh, I think it was right after Sammy and Kevin beat up um, Baron, they then ran out into the ring to, to attack Dolph. Yeah. Except rather than going right for the ring, they ran through, or Sammy ran through the audience. Oh, yeah, yeah. And did you, I don't know if you noticed yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So Dolph jumps out of the ring, jumps over the barricade, and starts running through the audience too. And there's a small girl yeah. who sort of steps like, like she sees Sammy coming yeah, and yeah. she like kind of steps out to like see what he's up to and yeah. like right into Dolph's path. And like without skipping a beat, Dolph just like, picks her up and sets her yep, over yep. and then goes and like punches Sammy. Yeah, it was like it was wild. It was incredible. Yeah, but like very very I was I also noticed that and was very impressed with that. Like he's 
so aware of everything that's going around. There's a lot of guys that like they're doing shit like that, and it, you can like it seems like they're pretty like out of control of like what's going on. And, yeah, like they're n- not not super like aware of what their surroundings. But yeah, he was. Uh, that was definitely a moment where he was like, "Yeah, I get, like props to you. You know what's going on. You know like." And it was it was nice too because it wasn't like he it was like he didn't like completely break character either. Right. Doing yeah. Because like Dolph Ziggler to the character wouldn't really like wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> but, kick a kid though. Well, yeah, no, but like it's also like he, he the thinking would be that he's like so angry that he wouldn't let something stand in his way, right? But like I don't know, it was just it was a subtle thing, but he did it like it really, was great. Really well. Yeah. Let's just let's take a moment. Let's just take another moment here to just Dolph Ziggler. Wow. That what ramen a guy. noodle hair. What just, a guy. What a guy. <sighs> Mixed Match Challenge was this week, too, again. Mixed Match Challenge was this week. I, I really, really enjoyed this You week. watched it. Yeah, well, it had all your favorite guys. It did. Rusev. Rusev. Elias. The other guy wasn't Rusev. there. Mostly just Rusev is my favorite guy. Who wasn't there? What's his name? Aiden English. Aiden English. He wasn't there. Yeah, he was not there. Rusev's I mean, hype man was not there. Well, I think, I mean... One of the best things about this was that in this match, like Rusev was Lana's height. Oh yeah, it was great, super super good. They wore the same outfits, which was delightful. And it wasn't like (laughs) it wasn't that Lana like wore Rusev's outfit. No, no, no. It was Lana had this like crazy black and silver outfit thing on, and then Rusev wore something that he was basically wearing the the Borat thong. It was. It was. It was just delightful. I loved every moment of it. they they were against uh, they were against Bailey and Elias, which is yeah. a pretty good pairing, pretty fun pairing. There was a lot less silliness this week yeah. than last week. They and started off with like Elias and Bailey were both in the ring. They both yeah. had guitars, and I thought that they were going to sing, and I was like, oh, this will be fun. But then like Rusev and Lana yeah. coming out. So. I well, be, like just with it being Rusev and Elias, I thought there would be a lot more silliness. Oh yeah, for and sure. there just wasn't. Well, I but also thought good. there would be a lot more like good wrestling because those guys are both like pretty fucking good. <laughs> but Lana was there. But Lana was there, which which mucks things up a little bit. Um, but who who won the match? It was Rana. Oh, whoa! It was Rana and Lucev. Rana and Lucev. Rana and Lucev. And who got the pin? Though? It was Lana. Lana. Yeah. And, and Lana why is... got her first win? There you of her go. Entire career in WWE. Congratulations. We've talked about Lana a lot. She went away for a while, and then she came yep. back, and she, then she yeah. sort of went away. And she they was were... a manager for a while, and then they they like kind of re they did like a soft reboot of her character, which was mostly the same character, but she was actually going to wrestle this time around. Right. And then she started wrestling, and she was like really bad at it. So they like they t- they pulled her out of the ring again, uh, and she was like kind of sort of managing Tamina, and she hasn't really done like much since then. She's been just sort of like a background character. I kind of if they're doing what I hope they're doing, I really like the idea of just leaning into her not being a good wrestler yeah, and just yeah. have her like. Let her do matches, but also be funny, because she's pretty funny. Yeah, no, I think she's got, like, really good comedic timing and everything like that. And I think that they they have leaned into that a little bit before. Like, they're, I, I recall that there was, like, some backstage segments where, you know, they acknowledged that, like, like Shane made some... Oh, it was, I think... Oh, yeah. It was leading up to some, like, maybe it was, like, the, the Money in the Bank match or I something think like that, or Survivor Series or something like that. Some, like, multi-woman match. Yep. And, like... It was all of the SmackDown women talking to Shane, and like they were all it like, "It was Daniel." It was Daniel, and Dan- and then the, they were all like, "Oh, we're in the match. We're in the match." And Lana was like, "Wait a minute, what about me?" And Daniel was just like, "No, you're not." In it. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not in it. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was the it was really fun, and I mean, she seems to be enjoying it too. Like she like she's good. W- at was it. definitely playing into that, and like you know, getting more intense than usual because like Rusev was was training her. It was also just very delightful to like watch them win because they were both just like so 
they were both so happy and elated and like like but they they proved that very affectionate to each other. Lana great. is the best. Lana is the best. Lana's Lana, number one. Lana's number one. It's, it's, I mean, what more? What more do you need to say? I think that this is something that they've been saying in their like lead up little videos. Which they have. I've not done a really good job of watching in like They're the first good. round. I need to do more of them. Um, but yeah, like somebody in the crowd showed up with a sign that said Lana is the best Lana number one. <laughs> it was it was really delightful. So it was yeah, it was it was a great great little match. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Mixed match challenge really has like continually been like one of my favorite things to watch. Do you know who we have next? Uh, I think it's the last first round match, and it is. Uh, Naya and Apollo. Yeah, versus, that's right. Uh, they were referred to as the Robe Warriors. There it is. I couldn't remember what it was. I knew it was a good yeah. pun, though. And it's uh, Charlotte Flair and Bob Roode. That makes sense. Our old, our two, old friend Bob Roode. Two b- gloriously beautiful people yeah. fighting together in their robes. Yeah. Bob Roode. They have a... They, they have a an interesting little dynamic that's been going on. It, like, in their little, their little, like preview video for this they like were kind of like you know riffing on each other's lines and stuff like that and then like yeah bobby said woo and charlotte was like ah, why don't you leave that to me kind of thing like it was good i still bobby is still playing a face and it is just like not working at all like he like he had a segment earlier with uh randy orton too where he was you know be, trying to be a good that guy was a like, weird i don't really want to get into that yeah but it was really weird because really bobby bizarre. like confronted randy as like a high school bully yeah and right. was like hey i really don't like it when you just really RKO me out of nowhere teacher role you know seriously <laughs> it was super fucking weird <laughs> And, like, there was a moment where Randy looked like, wow, yeah, like a little defeated. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, maybe well, I man, shouldn't I, be. I guess maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe people would like me more and vote me higher on the list if I wasn't RKOing people out of nowhere. I mean, it's it's good logic. It's it's it's, it's a good narrative structure. It's a, it's, a, it's a good plot device. It is. They it's just interesting. Gotta, they just got to know how to use it. And they're not doing that. Yeah, it's that's fine though. I don't really need more Randy Orton in my life. Well, that's true. I could definitely use a lot less Randy Orton in my life. If he retired, I would not be mad at all. He's old as shit too, right? Yeah, he's pretty old. He's up there. Well, I mean, he's not. He's not like. I mean, he's been around. I feel like just as he's long no as, Don Cena. <laughs> no, he's no Don Cena. He's been around about as long as John Cena, but I think he got started a lot younger. He was at one point like, and maybe still is the youngest ever WWE champion. Um, so he like ascended pretty quickly in his career i feel like he's gotta be like 40 now i don't think so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 36 37 Dang, google close. says 37 I was, yeah, I was very close you you were close let's give it up for me but uh let's just take a moment oh, i guess you were closest without going over so you you want it mm, yes that's right sure. fair enough we're you going 40. by you just fucked up you going by prices right rules yeah <laughs> i win this one again <laughs> Once again, Matt Once again, Matt am, knew the age of Randy Orton better I, than I did. <laughs> I emerged victorious. Anyway, I think I've had enough. Yeah, well, I think we can wrap it up there with that thrilling discussion of Randy Orton's age. It's been a pretty good, pretty good uh, Valentine's Day. It's been a good Valentine's Day. I got to spend it with all my favorite Valentines: Dolph Ziggler, John Cena, uh, Elias, Braun, Rusev. It's been great. All you of, piece all of my shit. <laughs> And of course, my dear friend Ron. Oh, thanks. That is going to do it for Ron us. Ron Cena. Ron Cena. Ah, it's so good. There he is. There he is, Ron Cena. 
Um, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as always, uh, you can find us online and interact with us online. We are on Twitter at Blind Tech Cast, at, uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blind Tech Cast. You can also find us on our website, blindtechcast.com. Or johncenasdick.com. Now, do you think doncenasdick.com is also mm, I, I available, bet it's probably available for me to make I a bet roncenasdick.com <laughs> is definitely available. Um, thank you very much to Small Parks for letting us use their uh, song Restless as our in-and-out music. Really appreciate that. Thanks very much for listening. My name is Matt Raddick. I have been your face. My name is Ron Cena, and I've been your heel. We'll see you next week. And hey, happy birthday. Cause you're falling in love when you shouldn't be